It's the Redirect Podcast. Search industry research, discussion, and analysis from the Black Truck Media and Marketing Headquarters. And now, redirecting you to the Black Truck Team. And good morning. Welcome back to the Redirect pod- Podcast. It's Friday, May 19th. Uh, I'm Jason, founder of Black Truck Media Marketing. I'm uh, I'm here today with uh, team members Patrick and Ashley, and uh, we're going to jump right in and get started with uh, with kind of some of the latest updates and news that we've been reading in the search industry. Um, the first piece that I have to share and to discuss with everyone is uh, actually comes from uh, the team over at Distilled. So Will Will Critchlow and the and the team at Distilled um, wrote a really great piece this week on um, Amazon's losing their one-click patent this year. So the one-click checkout patent that if you're a, an existing mm. Amazon customer, Amazon Prime customer, mm. um, and you're used to going in and, and adding, you know, we're all used to normally just adding maybe multiple things to our cart, but people that are ordering one item frequent frequently returning and ordering that same item, we've known that for the past couple of years, Amazon's done their like subscription-based model where, mm-hmm. yeah, you can have toilet paper and and paper towels show up at your house. I'm, I think that's a little weird to order from Amazon, but um, nonetheless, they they uh, have had a patent on that. They actually sued back in, I think it was like 99, Will talks about. Um, they sued Barnes & Noble because Barnes & Noble tried to do that. In 99? Um, in 99, they, they, and that was resolved in 2002. Um, and Barnes & Noble ended up removing the, the one-click checkout process. What was Amazon like in 1999? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were online books, that, right? Yeah. At the, at the end yeah. of the day, they started as an online That's book true. retailer. That's true. So that was that was always their goal. Um, but I think it's it's really interesting that while not everyone listening to this is a is an e-commerce um, player, perhaps, but if you do have any type of of e-commerce capabilities, especially if you have it plays really well for for those types of services, products that are repetitive and that mm. you need to kind of re-up all the time. Because I, I wouldn't see this as being advantageous for someone if, um, you know, clearly it's not going to be advantageous if you, I don't, I don't want to go as far as saying necessarily you haven't been to a site before, but it's probably better suited for something that has a continuous user base or returning user base. So Will actually goes on and does a really great example in, in his article and actually uses Search Love, uh, which is an event we'll be attending in June. Um, <clears throat> he uses Search Love as a really good example in comparing a Google Analytics um, and, and all users that are purchasing t- tickets versus a returning users that are, mm. that are purchasing tickets. Mm. So um, I didn't dive that deep into it to see if his segmentation was actually um, returning users who had purchased a ticket before. So so I, I don't want to call Will out a little bit on that to say that the data skewed a little bit to make that claim, but I, I would be more curious about this being, you know, is this a one-click checkout for a single item or are you trying to increase repeat visitors, uh, you know, repeat purchases from your repeat visitors? So, hmm. yeah. yeah. And additional, additional readings and additional sources that Will cites um, they talk about they talk about that that could be worth billions of dollars to to Amazon in terms of their one click one click checkout. 
So, hmm. wow. Yeah, found that found that to be really interesting. So while it's not maybe not applicable to everyone to every industry, um, it's certainly probably once the um, once all the legal issues settle down, we're probably going to see a lot more of that elsewhere. So you're you're probably familiar with it. Uh, both of you guys are um, Apple, you know, strict Apple users from an iPhone perspective. I'm not, mm. um, but you'll notice that Apple has a one-click checkout. Mm. Uh, Apple's uh, Apple has licensed the one click from Amazon. Mm. So that's an interesting twist of things. So I think as soon as that curtain drops, you're going to start to see some, maybe some developers adding things to that was, uh, a lot of the popular checkout uh, e-commerce platforms, like even like a Shopify or a, a WooCommerce or something like that. Maybe even Etsy. Yeah. Uh, Pat, you play in Etsy place. So space. that's, that was that when you own a patent that sets you apart like that and it becomes public, <clears throat> That was how Nextel died, basically. Nextel, oh, really? Nextel's big thing was their touch-to-talk, their two-way communications. Oh, yeah. When their patent expired on that and it went wide, they just kind of fell by the wayside because people stuck with Nextel because they could do the two-way walkie-talkie thing. And then everyone's like, well, if everybody else has it, there's no reason for me to stick with Nextel. Maybe their service area doesn't go. And then that's, that's why Nextel fell off the grid. Oh. Thank I'm God, because sh- did you really want to... No. Can you imagine? No. Here we are, 2017, listening to the right. damn There's, beep beep. Yeah, there was other things too. Like, I think Sprint acquired Nextel, and then um, texting started expanding. The the uh, popularity of texting probably around the same time the advent of the BlackBerry. Yeah, and and right. heavy text. Yeah, right. Cool. Hmm. I'll jump in. Um, Google just rolled out at their big conference um, an improved Google Assistant, and it's now being becoming available on the iPhone, hmm. um, and it's being touted as um, a competitor for Siri. Um, it can do a lot of the different things that Siri can, and there's, there's different segments being rolled out, but one of the um, built-in features of it is something called Google Lens, which is kind of like what maybe you've heard of Google Goggles from years ago, where Google Goggles, you could take a picture of a logo and it would search it and tell you that it's... I remember the first time I read it, I was driving a Saab car at the time. I took a picture of the Saab logo and it took me to the Saab website. Hmm. I thought that was kind of cool. Now, um, if you take a picture, the example that they show here in the, the keynote, he took a picture of a marquee of a... Of a of a name of um, a show, a concert, and the Google Lens recognized the name of the band, took you um, to show information and where you could buy tickets. Mm, interesting. So it's, it's, it's more feature-rich and more, more intelligent-based based than, rather than just recognizing a logo. Well, weren't we, weren't we just talking about this, though, the other day that um, I, I believe you had mentioned, Patrick, that Etsy has had this for a while, Actually, I think you were in on the discussion too about Pinterest, and mm. and like if I, I oh, wanted yeah. to zoom in, maybe it was a, a men's belt or a women's yeah. belt, and I wanted to zoom in on a on the belt, so it was an accessory right. and an image in the shot, and I could zoom in on that and and essentially say, find me this. Jessica from next door told yeah, us. Yeah, that that's right. That's right. So I, I don't. It's yeah. It's maybe it's not new and not neat. Maybe it's a gimmick. Uh, but it's it's another feature that's out there. It's available. Um, I my thought process behind it. Okay, so I, 
I don't categorize myself as an Apple fanboy, but I use a lot of Apple products because I think they work and it's fluid with making my household system and everything work and communicate together. Uh, I'm bought in, I guess is what you could say. <laughs> but I think you're a fanboy. Yeah. Uh, um, at the same time, there's that notion that we always say in here is stick with what you're good at. You know, mm-hmm. and, and Google is good at search. And if they are building a new and improved search product, I'm going to lean more towards that. You know, going back to um, Apple Maps versus Google Maps. Mm-hmm. No matter the improvements that Apple Maps put in, I'm always going to stick with Google Maps because I think Apple Maps is is far inferior to the Google Maps. Mm-hmm. And I think if there's always if Google is going to continue to add more features to their search functionality, especially when I'm driving or doing things out and about or on the move on the go, this whole um, speak to search thing that's coming forward, I'm going to keep pushing that. And if if the Google version on my iPhone is going to do the trick, I'm not even going to waste my time with Siri. Yeah. Siri has limitations. Siri isn't always very helpful. No, no. <laughs> I, when you, as a non-iPhone user and being completely oblivious to it, um, <clears throat> excuse me, do, when, you, when you ask Siri for directions... Does she does it does it default to Apple, Apple Maps, Maps or can you default it to Google Maps? I haven't dug in to see if that feature is there. I know I think if you like if there's some clicking and some um, paused hold on that like the the soft touch or whatever it's called. I think yeah. you can get an option to go to the, oh. the other map. But it's not a default. It's not no, defaulted. No, yet, it, so. it doesn't default through. Um, and I just find that this, the conversational element of Siri is, is very lacking. Yeah. Um, the stat I saw in here, it said um, 70% of, um, what did it raise? 70% of queries use natural language, not um, keywords style. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's the natural language side. If you try to do a natural language conversation with Siri, just, it just, it, not functional. But I think back to our original piece, this goes back probably um, two months ago on, on AI and, mm-hmm. and machine learning and stuff and, and knowing that, you know, Siri wasn't, well, it wasn't the first to the game. It was one of one of the first mm-hmm. yeah. uh, to market from a personal assistant perspective yeah. and that whole voice recognition. And of course it's going to be choppy, but I don't know if it's ever really, you know, how much has that evolved? How much has that shifted? Yeah. You know, sometimes it's really good to be the, the new kid on the block, first out, early adopter. Mm-hmm. Then sometimes it's okay to kind of sit back and wait and go, hmm, let's see what we can do different. I'm, I'm anxious to see what it where it goes. But I, to your point, too, Patrick, on the whole uh, philosophy of, of if Google's going to continue to be really good at search and integrating this whole personal assistant into, into like our, our lives... This is one, I mean, it is one to, to keep tabs on to mm-hmm. see where it goes from an image search or mm-hmm. whether it's image search, voice recognition, text recognition, that type of thing. So, right. Yeah. And those are all conversations that we've had in here independently. We've even seen these articles. You know, yeah. We just had a conversation about images the other day, you know. Um, all right. So another article I, I read uh, more of just a passing note. Um, AdWords is testing out a new um, expandable option in mobile. Nice. Yeah, so underneath an ad, you'll see a little down carrot. Oh. Um, like if you have a product, uh, the examples it showed were um, um, prices. It was a hot wire. It was a, a travel site. Um, it shows 
where you can hit hit the carrot and it'll expand. So here it closed and then um, open. So once you open it, you get a left-right carousel style mm-hmm. option on it. And it's not just in the travel world. Um, it showed um, regular retail um, where it opens up and you can scroll to see um, different search options in there. And I'm, I'm sure that's a... Um, I'm not, I haven't, didn't read about when the rollout is happening on that one. Is that from uh, the SEM post? Yeah, the SEM post. Yeah, yep. Yeah, so that's just an interesting feature, you know, for clients that have, um, it's that's uh, e-commerce heavy, mm-hmm. you know. Um, well, uh, I have a client in mind that maybe of ours that could explore that. Um, yeah. I don't think they're currently doing PPC with us right now. Yeah, uh, but I think but it, it's, a good, it's a good point from uh, <clears throat> Google tends to test these things uh, what I've noticed, and, and I'm sure others in the industry notice too, is they'll, they'll test them in like big, big audience, big market. So automotive, mm-hmm. um, travel, like those are their go-tos mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. beta test with major manufacturers or major brands. So the Hyatt's of the world or Hilton's and, right. or hotels.com, travelocities yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And um, I, I wonder, does, is, did Jennifer Slag write this post? Did she go on and did she go on to talk about I'm curious if it's uh, if it's site link extensions or if it's just the pricing extensions that are now being reformatted for mobile right. or, or yeah, it, it, it's could it's, be completely unknown. It's it's un, she didn't really get into the nitty gritty as, as far as the how tos and where are this this information. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was more of just a hey, this is available and this is what we're seeing. Mm. So she didn't actually say anything about going in. Um, uh, it says it's available in multiple countries, you know, so mm. it's, it's... I'm curious, too. I don't see anything about it in this particular post, but I'm curious, too, if you'll be able to see if people are clicking on that carrot on these ads. Because right, yeah. they might not interact any further on that first, yeah. you know, first yeah. time seeing it. But and they... and they, they may, you know, um, like in the example here, um, the hot wire... It's showing you the from in this example. So see seven prices from twenty seven U S dollars. Yeah. You know. So I mean, as a searcher, do I already know that the bottom price is twenty seven dollars, and do I even need to see the other ones that are higher priced? Hmm. Yeah, I know. I know that we see really solid activity with um, with a client of ours that's in the marine world that we're doing some some pretty good PPC work with um, when it comes to pricing and using the price extensions. Um, and doing a starting at, or maybe if there's financing involved, the automotive uh, automotive people are going to mm-hmm. pick up on this too. Where you know maybe it's a, a one ninety nine a month lease, you can highlight that it's a particular, and you can go by model mm-hmm. by model, and we can see that data at the at the extension level of activity. Um, so so click data, um, cost per click, conversions tying back to. Um, I think that it's really. I think it's really important. It's really something to to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. it's, if it's just a test or a new rollout, it's going to be interesting mm-hmm. to play with. Yeah, good find. Good find. Ashley? I found um, a recent series of posts on Search Engine Land. <coughs> and um, it was a three-part series on relevance versus authority for links, mm-hmm. um, which link has more value. So part one was 
arguments from people in the industry one way, the second was arguments the other way. I was most interested in this third part coming out, um, which basically is, you know, it depends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not, nothing is subjective at all in this world. <laughs> right? So, um, so the question was, all other metrics being equal, would you rather have a high authority link with lower relevance or a highly relevant link with low authority? Um, so before you go on, what what would your answers be? You're going to be a little bit biased, but Patrick, what would your... I'd rather have highly relevant, low authority. Yeah, and I, 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 would, lean, I would lean toward that, that mindset as well. If it's a timely search, yeah. mm-hmm. um, relevance is quality relevant content is going to weigh heavier than, than uh, authority because authority takes time to build. I would, I would agree with that you know, 100%, especially if we take the user into account first and understand what they're reading. If it's not related and it's not relevant, mm-hmm. then is that really, in my opinion, to loop it back around, is that really authoritative or right. not? Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, I think um, some of the people in the industry who have responded to this, um, and this was um, by Andrew Dennis, um, I think they would agree with what you just said, Patrick, a lot of these people. Um, there was one person's response that really stood out to me, um, Amy Merrill. And um, she said, although I, I would love to draw a hard line in the sand and radically shout a decision, a decisive winner, um, it will always be a sliding scale filled with exceptions and nuance, just like SEO and link building should be. That's ultimately why a human element is so essential, because truly great SEO takes human thought and critical thinking. Um, and so... There was um, a line somewhere in here about, yeah, the high authority links might make more sense for content that's going to be more relevant, to use for lack of a better word, in the long term. It's going to... Evergreen. Yeah, evergreen content, basically. So just for um, kicks, the total respondents whose answers vary depending on the situation was eight. Um, total respondents who cho- chose relevance was 13, and total respondents who chose authority was 8. Um, so it's just really interesting to read all the different responses, but um, yeah, I definitely am on the side of relevance for sure. Well, good job, industry, that we're starting to think more that, that relevancy and maybe the, I don't know what I might say is the proper way. Uh, glad that we're maybe everyone is more of a consensus now and headed in, in the right direction. You know? yeah. So it goes back to that, that statement of really, and we've talked about it before, is that if you're doing things honestly, uh, that, that is going to take time. And right. that is the true long-term pl- uh, play or the, right. the marathon. And, but you're not, you're not being spammy about it. And if you do right. things that are spammy and, and it is completely irrelevant and, and not related, then yeah, uh, my opinion is, yeah, you should be penalized for that. Search is, is thriving to become human. Mm-hmm. And based upon your tactics of just being authoritative, kids have tended to be not human. Relevancy is human. So if you just keep pushing the human side of it, as long as it's good, clean, rich content, but done in a human element, mm-hmm. that will ultimately shift towards authoritative. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's really great. That's really great. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna share a piece here from uh, this one was shared quite a bit uh, through social media channels this week. Uh, Wordstream, the team at Wordstream dropped their what they're calling their state of internet marketing agency in in 2017. So what they were curious on at Wordstream for 
for many people that don't know what WordStream is, um, WordStream primarily is a platform that allows uh, you know companies, businesses, um, agencies to um, utilize you could say machine learning algorithms to help them effectively manage uh, PPC campaigns. Um, and WordStream has been around for a number of years now, very well known in the industry. Um, I think they do some really nice things, some good things. Uh, I have a lot of really great content out there. This one in particular is very interesting. Um, <clears throat> as, uh, as the founder of the company, I'm always interested to, interested to know how uh, other agencies and other professionals either price their services for PPC, for SEO, um, how, how does everybody, basically how does everybody function and how, how are we doing this? Are we doing our clients a, a good service as an industry? Um, we know that there are people out there that are charging probably way more than they, they should for what they're doing. Um, so what they give is a really, really nice breakdown of um, you know how agencies price, um, is it flat fee, retainer based, is it percentage of ad spend, are you charging setup fees, what industries are people seeing the most growth in? So they do a really good job. It's not super deep in the weeds. This is really uh, high level stuff. So it's not uh, super geeky things. Um, but the, the biggest things that, that stood out to me were, um, you know, how are, how are agencies getting compensated? So over, it's, it's about a 50% scale, I should say, that are flat fee retainer base. And then, um, but then the next one is 28% of them are, are percentage of spend or based off percentage mm-hmm. of spend which as we know is pretty common and we at Black Truck kind of have a hybrid approach. We have a tiered hybrid approach and I would say that, that that's pretty similar to how many of the other um, um, good agencies, uh, honest agencies structure their, their compensation. Mm-hmm. The other interesting was what kind of percentages are they doing? So um, the majority share, majority share being 39% are charging anywhere from 15 to 20% of ad spend. And then there's some that are charging, there's almost, uh, there's 19% that are charging over 20% wow. of ad spend. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of interesting there. Um, and there are some that are charging lower, anywhere from 10 to 15%. So um, it depends on what size those those agencies are in the, the shop. Um, you know, agencies, do do they charge for setup fees for new clients? You know, the 64 to 36%. So it's pretty clear. 64% of agencies, yes. Um, we fall into that category, you know, primarily. Um, you know, my, my belief is you're doing, you know, you're doing work. That's, that's strategy work. Um, that could be intellectual, intellectual property to you, the consultant, to you, the agency. Um, you know, your time's worth something in that, in that matter. And, um, and that, that company is coming to you for your expertise. So I think it's really good that, they're, that they've, they've come out with this and, and produced this. What I did find was interesting, though, was the number of the agencies, what other, what other services did they offer, as well as um, how about the number of employees that are dedicated to paid search? Because a lot of them say that only, only one, they only have one employee that's dedicated to paid huh. search. Or they say, no, there's no full-time employees that are dedicated to this. So um, it would have been interesting to see, like, the total pool of people that WordStream pulled from. Um, but the anonymity is nice, too. A lot of these shops also are providing, you know, SEO and web dev. So that's uh, that's also good to see. But then, you know, what 
what are the biggest challenges? And a lot of people struggle with managing their time in paid search, mm-hmm. which which I think everybody <laughs> can attest to managing time in general. Yeah. Um, a lot of them say that their biggest challenge is, is getting new clients. So that's, that's interesting. And then, um, you know, industries. What industries do we see is growing the most? And they say um, there's a lot of the respondents that said e-commerce is a big growing segment, um, home services, uh, real estate, and auto. So, so it's interesting to see that that take shape. And I would be, uh, I'm very curious to see what this would look like on a historical, you know, timeline, or maybe fast forward next year to see how close or how far off those stats really were. You know, where people see growth and did they see growth? So. Um, I found that really interesting. Cool. Yeah. Does anybody else have anything else to share? I think that's a great place to wrap up. I'll have more to awesome. share, share next time. Cool. So, uh, like I said, with uh, the team in June, we're headed off to, uh, to search Love in Boston. We'll probably talk more about that, uh, in, in the coming weeks. Uh, I'm personally headed off to the inbounder, uh, on Monday in New York to, uh, to hang out with a bunch of, uh, search professionals. So hopefully I get to see, uh, a number of familiar faces there. Uh, In the meantime, uh, enjoy your week. Good luck. And we'll be back next week with another episode of the Redirect Podcast. This has been the Redirect Podcast. Check out the show notes at blacktruckmedia.com and add us on iTunes and Stitcher.